Hello everyone, welcome back to the Japan Archives, episode 101 now, but part two of our listeners' questions. We forgot something last episode, Heather. One of the questions was where you go for anime goods and stuff. Ah. We did not say Nakano Broadway. Oh, and we had just talked about that. <laughs> we had, yeah. Was it like a Alfredo few days before? told me about that after he listened to the episode. He was like, you didn't mention Nakano Broadway. That is true. We forgot, which is crazy because I've been there many times. <laughs> I went there once a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, but it feels like a long time ago. <laughs> but no, Nakano Broadway is another place you can go for a lot of anime goods complex it's it's a bit like akihabara most of the time the top floor has cheaper stuff because people don't normally go to the top floors so oh. always go from make the effort to check as many stores as possible in the building you're in because normally you might be able to find the same thing further up for cheaper at least that was my experience before i'm gonna try that the next time i go that's brilliant another thing we ended the last one on we we noted that there was a lot of questions about the Japanese school system, and you said you had a theory about that. Why we were getting so many questions about schools in Japan. Thank you. I had to think for a minute. Like I saw your face there, you're like, what are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> Say what? What did I come up with? Thank you. Yes, I my theory is if you have been exposed to a lot of Japanese culture through like anime and manga, even some movies, there is a at least from my experience in America, a lot of the things that come over are about high school, junior high, uh, aged um, like students. So a lot of the, the manga and anime is based on like junior high and high school students. So if you've been exposed to it, then you probably would be interested in the school system just because you've had the experience of seeing it through those shows. I kind of thought that might be what you would be going to say. Like most mm. of the animes I watched before coming to Japan were centered around either in a school setting or the kids were of school age. Definitely one of the anime tropes mm. of Japan. Like always a lot of, especially the sports animes, it will be a sports club from a school. Yeah. On to the first question then for today. Do you have a preference for any of the ones that you're looking at right now? I do. I do. I just saw this one and this is for you, Thomas. How would life be for a tall person? <laughs> How would life be for a tall person in Japan? Well, I'm not quite six foot, but there are still a lot of times where you will be ducking down to avoid bashing your head. I know there's a lot of train stations still that have lower roofs mm. with the big sign saying, mind your head. A lot of the old castles the castles especially yes you will be ducking down to avoid those if you are tall yes and but even even in my apartment here we have the sliding doors to go into the bedroom and i know it it won't hit my head but for the first week i kept ducking down because i was convinced i was too tall but i miss it by maybe like a centimeter or two. Oh gosh because i am almost six foot i mean it's not it's not a difficult thing it's mostly going to happen if you're visiting old tourist destinations or if the train station is older, per se, than newer ones. But I think, didn't we talk about this once before? Like, the the age-old trope of Japanese people being small is not really a thing anymore. Like, most of the time, Japanese people are tall, taller now. 
same size as Western Heights. That sounds like a weird sentence now that I said that. Because so I think we were saying how, well, there's different theories. One is they start always sitting down by kneeling so their legs could develop more and they got taller. Or another theory that once they started introducing Western foods and the diet changed, they got more nutrition so they could grow taller. That was two of the theories I think we talked of before. I remember it was a culinary episode, I believe, about the, the mm. nutrition theory. So I think, you know, heights for, was it worldwide heights changed based on some the nutrition, being able to get access to different kinds of foods and especially the year round, being able to get to, to like more fruits and vegetables. So I think even like worldwide heights changed as well. Oh, regarding tall, the tall question. So I'm not, for for a um, for a woman, I'm a, a little bit on the slightly higher, like taller side. So I'm not really super tall, but I, I'm a little bit taller than average. So in Japan, my, my kitchen counter is a little low for me. And huh. I, I, I sort of have to, it, 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 it hurts a little bit sometimes. So I have a little slightly taller counter that I use to chop vegetables and stuff. But do you have I that I never really thought about that before. But yes, it mm. is lower than it would be in England. I'm thinking now back to when I was at my mom's kitchen. Yeah, the countertops are higher. No wonder I always feel strange when I do like the washing up. Like I feel like I'm crouching down and I'm like, but I never really thought about the why. Oh my gosh! When when I was when I was pregnant, flash uh, flashback to episodes. How many women was pregnant? And I was washing the dishes. I would splash water all over my stomach because the sink was lower too. The counters are lower. The sink is lower, so I'd have to wear an apron so I wouldn't get my clothes all wet. Difficulties of pregnancy. Yeah, because my my stomach actually went basically right over the sink because it was that kind of like low enough. It was low enough that you could rest. Rest yes. your pregnant belly over the sink. <laughs> some of it, oh, yeah. Oh wow! Some of it yeah. Before I dropped, so oh, and also on on trains, like if you have to strap hang, like if you get stuck kind of in the in the middle and you have to strap hang, did like does the 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 straps like bump in your head? Oh yeah, I'm constantly being hit in the face with the straps. Mm. And I always, if I, you manage to sit down and then I forget the straps are there, <laughs> I will get up and just be smacked in the face by the straps. Because no. well, they they do they the newer trains now have higher ones oh, for the taller people, yeah. but they also still have the lower ones. So you have double <sighs> the amount of hangers now in the newer trains. So you still get hit in the face by the Oof. lower ones. But yeah, it's it's. Not really a problem unless you are visiting old places. Now, newer places do cater to mm -hmm. a more higher height. Higher height? <laughs> That's so strange. But you know what I mean. Anyway, can I choose a question? Yes. Is Japan really as safe as people say, Heather? Oh, what a good question. Let me put it this way. I feel safe walking at night by myself. That's I important. did did not feel the same way in America. I mean, I still keep an eye on my surroundings. I still try not to go somewhere that's really avoid tunnels and avoid, you know, super dark places and alleys and things like that, because that that's for anybody. I really think you should do that. But I feel fine walking, taking a walk at night or jogging at night here. I, I didn't feel the same. So also I've heard some people leave their doors unlocked to their apartments or their homes and go out and Me. go to the store. Oh, you not not here, not in Tokyo. 
Yeah, not in Tokyo. When when I used to live in Morioka, me and my friend Craig, we just never locked our doors. It was safe. No one seemed to do it in that area. If you go to the parking garages here, they do say to, you know, lock your doors and your valuables. But I mean, I've left bags and stuff in my car and it's been fine. And people don't tend to lock their cars when they go to like the convenience stores. They'll even leave their Mm -hmm. car running with the key in the engine. Yes. Yes. Like there's no car theft in Japan isn't really a thing. The only thing they're going to steal is your bike. They love stealing push bikes in Japan. That's the one thing that will be stolen and umbrellas. Yeah, you lose an umbrella in a minute. (laughs) I mean, for you, I mean, you're you're in Tokyo now, so I think that. There, yeah, there's more precautions, but I mean, I think you feel it's pretty safe. I feel it's pretty safe. I've never felt a need to, you know, sometimes when they say, oh, if you're going here, make sure you keep your bag on the front so no one can pickpocket you and things. Don't put things in your pockets. I do, you don't have that in Japan. They don't. There isn't the sign of that. I've oh never seen. And yeah, the only time someone tried to pickpocket me was in Shibuya. When I was sat at the Hachiko statue, but it wasn't a Japanese person; it was a tourist, and yeah, I caught makes... them and looked at them, and they ran away scared. <laughs> Oof, that's not a good experience. Yikes! Again, it's safe. It's safe to walk out and go around. If someone's gonna steal something, it's going to probably be your bike or your umbrella if you leave it unattended. Mm-hmm. They don't really steal cars or other things in Japan. At least from my experience so far. So far, yeah. I think, yeah, it depends on where where you're at. No, it's 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 really nice. Like, I do feel like more comfortable, which is, I mean, let's say there's there is there is crime that, crimes that do happen. I mean, we see here in this area, there's been like reports of of people who've been murdered in their apartments and like knifing victims, but. Yeah, I find most of the time, if something sinister happens, it seems to be. A sudden knife attack, hmm. especially on trains, but they are super rare, unlike other countries. Yeah, it's it definitely seems that that way. And there's no like here, there's not a lot of people who own guns. Like you can own a gun, but you have to like specific licensing, and you have to store the the guns and the ammunition step separately. And I mean, there are people that do hunt, like because there's a lot of boar here and people will hunt and eat boar but there's like gun specific areas with the only place specific places you can use your guns and you have to check every year with the i think is it the police you check with so but the police don't have guns in japan do they i think most of them do not i feel like yeah. there might be some that have it but not no they have like night the, the nightsticks or the batons and i think they have tasers maybe but yeah that's true mm. and like but the police don't have guns for the most part and that's yeah oh and there's also police stations like small police stations scattered all around like with with where Literally i live everywhere yeah there's one like a 10 minute drive there's like a 15 minute drive like there's two small little police booths true if you lose your wallet in japan there is a almost 100 percent guarantee you will get it back yes no matter with, how much money is in it in your cards you just go to the nearest tiny police station where you think you've lost it. It's probably going to be there. Someone will have found it on the floor and just handed it in. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel that in most other countries, that wallet would have just been kept with all the cash inside. I've had some a, a friend this happened to where they 
uh, lost their wallet and all the money was gone, but the cards were still there. So they yeah. got it back, but without the money. So swings and roundabouts there. That's a good question. But yeah, I think in Tokyo, you, you in some of the touristy areas, you want to be more careful. And I think, what is it? Some places you want to be super careful at night. Such as? Um, like the red light districts, I believe. I've never been there to one. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I've been told. And so I was like, yep, So I'm you've fine. been told. <laughs> I will avoid... I will avoid, well, yeah, the professor's from Tokyo, so he's like, yeah, you need to watch out for this area at night and this area because there's um, some Do you remember the names of the areas? Oh, gosh, no. I think we were walking by it in the daytime. And because uh, uh, we used to just roam and walk a lot through Tokyo. Instead of taking the trains, hmm. we would walk through several of the stops. Wow. Oh, there to you, Heather. Next question. Oh, man, this is, this is tough because there's, there's like three or four that I really want to look at. Mm. We can make our way through. Mm. Well, I, this one's kind of for, for you, because I think you have oh. more experience with this. How easy is it to get a credit card? <laughs> oh, Heather, you're so funny. It is not. It is not easy to get a credit card as a foreigner. So here is my experience of getting a credit card in Japan. Go to the bank with Alfredo, say, can we get a credit card? They instantly show us a sign saying, um, in essence, we will not give you a credit card if you don't understand what we need to tell you, which makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Like They have to tell you all the like terms and conditions and stuff, or at the very least give you the paperwork so you can read it through later. So that made sense. But then we were saying, you know, I might not necessarily understand it all or be able to speak back to them in Japanese but Alfredo can and that's why he's come with me he can help me and they're like ah okay so we sit down and then they turn around and say ah it has to be a member of your family who's Japanese who ha who has to help you so she's like oh no so we can't do it and he's like ah but why does that matter I speak Japanese I can help him and she's like ah well then uh, the only other way is if you bring someone who is an actual translator luckily his part-time job is translation. So we kind of caught her out there and she was like, oh, uh, uh, okay. And then she still said no. And she said, well, even if you're a translator, it doesn't matter because he doesn't understand the Japanese. And then we said, I do understand Japanese. My listening is pretty good. I just can't answer any questions. Like Alfredo would need to answer for me. She was like, ah, uh, 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 uh. Oh, okay. And then she wanted to say no again. And by that point, we were just like, look, he's my partner. He's my boyfriend. He's here to help me. Are you going to do it or not? And then she got really flummoxed because we'd like caught her out and she finally did it. And it took like an hour. <laughs> oh my gosh. They really did not want to give me a credit card. And I don't know why. That was my credit card experience in Japan. Remember the experience. Also, the bank account, like, I think you were trying to open a bank account one time and that was a lot of back and forth and that was a, a huge headache for that too. Oh, this was the same. This was the same situation because uh. I didn't have a bank account with them either. So I needed to open the account and also get a credit card. Mm. So it was a whole big thing. But then there's other banks where they don't really mind as much. Like if you want to open a bank account with the post office, super easy. They don't really care. Oh, yeah. That was super like you easy. can easily get one with the post office, but they don't tend to do credit cards at the post office, which is why I then had to have the whole hassle 
with the other bank. MUFJ for anyone who tries to get this credit card. Be wary of MUFJ. <laughs> I haven't haven't experienced with them. Yeah, I remember some of that. I, I haven't even applied for a credit card oh, no. here. I know the thing you were also thinking about it's ah. when I still lived in Chiba. It was earlier yes. before. Same same bank. Oh. Trying to open just a bank account. Yes. So Alfredo was helping me. So we went to Tokyo to the one near him. But they said, oh, you have to go to the bank where you live. Because in Japan, it's not like, for instance, in England, if you have a bank account with Lloyd's, you can go to any Lloyd's in the country and they will treat you as if they're your customer. You are their customer. But in Japan, it's very much... Oh, you need to do something at the bank? You have to go to the specific bank you signed up at. You can't go to another one of the same name. So when you move house in Japan, you physically have to tell the bank you're moving. Otherwise, if you need to do bank stuff, you would have to go all the way back to the place you used to live because they're not going to help you. Say, like, oh, you have to go to the other one, even though it's the same bank. It's a very strange system, and I still don't really understand why that is the system yep i had i had to open up a, a bank account here and i went to the main branch because i was thinking oh well the main branch you should be able to open your account because like you said you go to america you can go to any branch but especially the main branch because they would have you know more tellers more of this more of that no i had to go to the local branch that was the closest to where i lived i had to look up my address and see oh this one is the closest to you you have to go to this bank to open your account Flat, flat out the smaller the smaller one not the big one the smaller one but near there my is house. no reason for it when you ask they just say uh, you have you have to do it there seems to be no centralized system for banks in japan probably because banks in japan are still very much paper-based there is no system for them to check stuff you have to go to the one you live at because that is where your paperwork is probably the hunk ah oh, the hunko stamps too i bet because you can't fax hunko stamped paperwork you have to have the original stamp on your paperwork in the ready for the bank for the bank yes well even the, the people authorizing your account stamp it because everything gets stamped in the hmm. red and ink that's why there's the red. big movement for getting rid of the hanko in japan now because it creates such a i guess historically in japan it worked because there wasn't such well, there wasn't a great amount of paperwork like there is in today's modern society. But now a lot of places are trying to get rid of hankos to make stuff easier. Because it's just causing everything to move ten times slower than it needs to be. I feel that hankos should be retained for important events. Birth, death, marriage, things like that. But opening a bank account, going to city hall to get a piece of paper you know, as proof of address. You shouldn't need a hanko for that. You should just be able to show your ID or perhaps just actually sign for it. And there's a lot of Japanese people who also feel the same. Yeah, I don't know why we can't just fax it. Like, have, have the hanko, have the original document in a location, have the hanko, but then be able to fax the document to where you need to go or PDF email with the hanko, with the understanding that there is an original with that stamp, so you shouldn't have to go back and get that original. You should be able to just go and, like, you came with your signature. And, yeah, I think there, there are a lot of people, a lot of Japanese people who have made statements about the Hanko stamps as well. Mm -hmm. The paperwork. The paperwork. <laughs> so much. Yeah. 
when I when I when I moved into this apartment, what we had to handcuff things ten times. Oh, <laughs> ten different handcuffs in different parts of the paperwork. You couldn't just put one at the end to acknowledge you'd read it all. You had to acknowledge each section had been read, or agreed upon. <laughs> yeah. So, Heather, I ask for you. Question from Mary Old England. From oh. Mom and Dad. She's oh, saying, hi. let your listeners know their options for traveling around Japan. How easy is it to get around the country? So this question, Thomas, you're going to have to chime in too, because you've traveled way more than I have in Japan. Mm. But I can tell you, I traveled, the first time I traveled in Japan, I barely knew any Japanese. I had studied for six months. Mm self-study i knew nothing i really knew nothing i didn't have a problem getting around no problem at all you can a lot of signs are in english you go to restaurants you go to stores you can use self-checkout that has english translation you have a lot of people who do speak english especially in tokyo you can ask someone sometimes on the street just you know where is this place in english and sometimes they'll be able to give you assistance there are websites you can use to figure out which trains you need to take. So you just like um, Hyperdia is the one I use. You just put in your stations and it tells you what trains to switch and what trains to use. And you can also get Shinkansen information and I think even buses on there as well. It's, it's not difficult. Public transportation is amazing here for the cities. More rural areas, you, you really want a car, but for like in Tokyo, Osaka, Nara, Kyoto, you're going to have it. You really don't need a car. Thomas, what else? <laughs> Traveling around on the Shinkansen as a foreigner or as a tourist coming into Japan, technically easier, cheaper than if you live here. You can get the Shinkansen oh. tourist pass, which makes it cheaper. You can get specific ones for certain areas of Japan for a certain amount of days. So then you can use it for the course of 10 days in a certain area. And Shinkansens are super easy to use. They're mm. so regular. You will, I think, if as you come as a tourist, most almost all of the time when you're booking those tickets, you're going to get a seat, which is good. I know some of the times you can also stand on the Shinkansens and the unreserved yes. ones. Yes. I've I've never had to do that, fortunately. Always managed to get a seat. Have you had to stand on the Shinkansen? I have not, but the professor has a few times. Uh, mm. And he, and he gives, up, gives up his seat a lot too. So we've seen other people on the train and they'd be standing for a while. So he would often offer his seat we've had times we can sit together in the unreserved section so we would have to at each stop you just kind of watch and see who leaves the train so you can go grab the seat <laughs> um, but other public transports even the the buses are easy to use mm. even if you don't necessarily speak japanese a lot of the times depends on the bus some of them you can just pay with like a suica card mm. um, which is the equivalent of like an oyster card 
if you're from England. Or you get on the bus and it gives you a ticket with a number and there's a screen on the front of the bus. So every time you get to a stop, it will tell you on the display how much it will cost at that point, depending on the ticket you got when you got on. So you just give the guy the, the money and you're good to go. And yeah, I think the public transport in most places in Japan is good. Tokyo is exceptional. A lot of the trains and subways. Kyoto is really easy to get around. They have a lot. They have a really good bus system in Tokyo. Uh, sorry, Kyoto. And even when I lived up in the north, in kind of the middle of nowhere, they have trains. And even if you're out in the boonies in the countryside, everything's always going to be on time, which is good. Oh, to the to the almost to the like second to the second like if the train says it's going to leave at five past as soon as it hits five that train will start moving mm -hmm. i mean there have been instances where trains have been running late or trains have been cancelled but there is always a good reason like the typhoon or something was blocking the tracks it's it's not like england where 10 minutes late still counts as being on time mm. <laughs> like on time in japan means on time yeah, i think Buses aren't always quite on time, but that's just hard to control factors of traffic and like slower drivers and red lights and true. But there's just so many of them true. regularly. Um, but I think this question. Oh, sorry. Go on. Just say what if you're if you're more rural, 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 rural. If you're more rural, not as many buses or trains. That's I'm out sort of in the countryside, so. Mm. Not, not as, as many, but mm. still the on time. Generally, pretty on time here. It's, it's a slow train. So. But I think this kind of leads into another question that she sent in, which is, you know, traveling around Japan, like how easy is it to book accommodation online, such as hotels, Airbnbs, and things? I think online is always going to be easy. Or mm. there's always seems to be an English version of the website. Uh, Airbnb always will have English. Sometimes the hotels might not if they don't mm. necessarily think they're going to get many tourists in their hotels. Mm. But as well, when you go to the hotels, almost all the time people on the front desk will, they might not necessarily have been taught English, but they know enough to do the things that need to be done. Like They know mm. the English needed to check people in and check people out and things. Mm. So there's no need to worry their other languages probably not i find a lot of the time japanese people assume it's a foreigner they must speak english they forget there are other languages like german and spanish and french but genuinely again still no problem and even mm. if there is the language barrier for hotels and things like hotels around the world it's the same system of checking in and checking out so you can get by with gestures like gestures from the japanese or gestures just from you as a tourist like it will be fine you don't need to worry but the hotels will always have lots of guidebooks or pamphlets mm -hmm. of the local area which will be in lots of different languages and i think there's also because partially because of Corona and also because of Olympics. Some of the hotels now have like you can check in online or check in at a kiosk that's translated and then just drop your room key and leave. So you don't even have to sometimes, I think, speak to someone else. And some in the, the bigger chains. More of a hands off experience now. Can be, yeah. 
some restaurants too, where I know Skia is one where you can just go in, you can order off like the, if you want to take it to a takeout, for example, they have a kiosk, you go in, you just type in your order in several languages and take your receipt to the front and the cashier scans it. You put money in the machine and then like, you don't really even have to speak to anyone. Mm, true. Also, a lot of restaurants, even before Corona, if you're not sure how to read a menu, I think there are some restaurants where it is. How would you describe it? It's not like a vending machine, but at the front of yeah. the restaurant, there is no menu. It's just like it has all the pictures of all the food with the price. You just put the money in, press the picture you want. You get the ticket. You hand it to the waiter. No mm -hmm. Japanese is needed. You just give them the ticket, sit down, and they will bring you your food straight away when it's ready. So again, super easy if you don't have the basic Japanese needed. I'm trying to think of anything else travel. I mean, it, it's 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 really not difficult at all to travel here. It's super easy. Not driving is interesting to do. I don't know that I would rec. I mean, I don't think I would recommend you rent a car and uh drive around without looking up traffic signs and some of the basic rules and then information about interstates and things like that but if you did choose to do that the interstates are not difficult to navigate those signs are in english and there's service areas that you can stop that some of them will have gas stations and those signs to they're really easy to understand. So you wouldn't have a problem if you just decided to, well, I'm just going to come on and just hop on the interstate and, you know, drive from Tokyo to Hiroshima. You wouldn't have a problem. There's enough like uh, pictorial menus that you would be able to, to understand it easily. A rent-a-car is pretty easy as well in Japan and they will always have the sat-navs inside. Hmm. And I think from my experience, you if you're, say, an English speaker, you could ask them to put the sat-nav in English for you so you can use it during your time in Japan. You're not going to be stuck with something in Japanese that you're not able to use. Mm -hmm. um, just if you've never driven an automatic before, it's a bit different, but you can pick it up. It's much easier than a manual <laughs> drive car. Yeah. So it you is. can pick it up super quick. There's no worries. But yeah, like Heather said, just check some of the road signs check some of the road rules like we were saying bicycles and pedestrians always have right of way in japan so make sure you're always looking and checking for them because they will just walk into the road if there's a zebra crossing mm. and yeah genuinely the speed limit in japan is slower so you might yes. feel that everything's taking way longer but it's just speed limits in japan are slower than the rest of the world generally and you go back to your home country and go Oh my gosh, the cars are going so fast. <laughs> First time I drove back in America, I was like, I feel like I'm flying. <laughs> um, let's see. See, scrolling back up to here. So this comes from one of one of your friends, Heather, right? Yep. It does. Yep. So the question is, is it still impossible to find Mexican style? or Tex-Mex food in Japan. It was nearly 30 years ago, and I could not get a taco or plate of nachos anywhere. That has definitely changed a lot. Depending on where you're at. I mean, there's not going to be a Mexican restaurant where Heather lives. No, there's But not. there are definitely more in Tokyo, for instance. Yes. Alfredo used to work at one. The Japanese lady 
actually lived in Mexico for a while and、oh. learned how to cook Mexican food, and she has her own little Mexican restaurant, which I've been to, and it's actually really good. So definitely now、list. there is a lot more world food available to everyone. Even like vegan food now is becoming bigger, and vegetarian food is becoming a lot bigger in Japan as they realize、mm. vegetarian doesn't mean fish. Like they're finally <laughs> realizing this now. <laughs> I think was it there's chain restaurants too for for Tex-Mex food. I mean, and you can get Taco Bell, which I don't think is that's that's not that's not real Mexican food. It's it's good, but. It's more expensive. I think it's good. I mean, it's not great <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. It's not great, but it you know it's 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 kind of junk food. It's, it's delightful. It's expensive though. It's much more expensive than in the states, and it's to me it doesn't taste. It's not the same taste at all. But there is a couple of chain places that I've been eyeballing that I wanted to go when when I went there. And I haven't gone yet. Out here, there's there's none. None. I think there is a restaurant that does guacamole. Like it's probably about half an hour for me, and I really want to try it. And but I haven't had a chance to go back to get it. And other thing you might see though is taco rice. And I've not seen this at restaurants, but it's the Japanese version of Tex-Mex food or Mexican or Tex-Mex food. Have you had taco rice before? Tessa has made me taco rice before when、ah. I used to visit. But if I mention taco rice in the presence of Alfredo, <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not go well. Oh my god, it is not Mexican food. It is not. No,、it、is not Mexican food, but it is quite tasty. If I'm honest, I think it's closer to like Taco Bell, Tex-Mex type atmosphere. It's definitely more American, well, Japanese、mm. American of Mexican food. If you want to go like in different layers. Oh, also apparently, I cannot remember the name of it, but apparently now there's a very good Mexican restaurant in or very close to Tokyo Station. I think、Ooh. it's underneath where all those shops are. There's apparently a good Mexican restaurant there. That is the food I I miss the most out of anything. I I I miss like Mexican and, and Tex-Mex. Like I can I can make some of it at home, but it's it it that's that's the one I really oh I get cravings for, like really sad cravings. Like I really want to get this and I can't have it. Yeah, as you talked about things that you miss. Hmm. What would we miss about Japan if we ever went back home? I've got a few. The first thing I would miss is some of the the quietness, <laughs> like on public transportation, in like some stores and places. Like the the noise level is much lower than than it was in America. So even when people are talking at restaurants, the the loudness is is not very loud. Like you can still like comfortably. Not hear a conversation kind of next to you, and on public transportation too, everyone is is quiet and you know doesn't make a mess and is respectful and that's really nice. The streets here pretty clean. I mean, sometimes there is trash depending on where you're at. Like I think the cities, it's worse out here. Not not so bad. I think for me, I've tell me if I'm wrong here, but in、Probably、the、not. big cities. There will never be trash 
where they know tourists will go. Oh. But if it's areas where tourists may not necessarily go, might be a little messier. At least that's what I've noticed in Tokyo. Because <laughs> as as I'm not a tourist here, you tend to go down here, there, and everywhere where tourists don't might not necessarily go. And I have noticed those streets seem to be dirtier. There seems to be a little bit more trash, perhaps. I don't know. That's, I, would, I'm, I have to ask the professor on that one, see if he knows anything about that. But that makes sense. I don't. I would not think you were wrong. I would think they would probably concentrate more of the efforts because those pictures are going to be shown a lot on the internet and things like that. And they mm. want to bring more tourists in when they can bring more tourists in because that's a big chunk of, of Japan's revenue. What else? So I think there's some other things, but what would you miss? I would miss i think because of my interest in history and things i would probably miss just the sheer amount of temples and shrines you can visit mm. like like in england if you wanted to go visit like a well-known church or something there's there's a lot less to visit whereas in japan mm. you could just turn a corner and there'd be another shrine that you could quickly pop into and go visit and there are shrines and things also seem to be a place people can go to relax especially the bigger ones like, they're not just temples, they're places you can go and relax, have a picnic, and go with friends and things, which you don't necessarily have in England. Like, religious buildings and parks are very separate in England most of the time. Mm -hmm. So I would miss I would miss the temples and the shrines just because I enjoy visiting them and being in them. That's a, that's a nice answer. I like that Cause answer. Because in England, I, me and my friend, we, we loved... Old, we love churches so normally when we were driving around if we saw a church we would you know park up and go and visit the church and see what we, it was like inside but there's a lot less churches in england than there are shrines and temples in japan mm -hmm. everywhere and even like little small ones that you would you would pass by like on the way yeah. to a store like tucked in in a little corner somewhere i was going to mention a couple other things such as affordable health care and tipping but instead uh let me talk about nature having the access like, after your beautiful I answer think, yeah. i'm like those things didn't occur to me because they are not things in England. No, they're not. <laughs> it's the same. It's very affordable in England. And we also don't have tipping. So, But nature. In Japan, the access to, to nature, like to, to parks, to hiking, to mountains, to seasides, it's super easy to get to and super accessible. I, I would miss that. What's your favorite nature-y place you've been to? Oh, man, it's so tough. I've got a bunch i loved the um in chiba the pacific side of of the because you have the tokyo bay side then you have the lower peninsula then you have the pacific side the pacific ocean i mean i grew up on the east coast so atlantic but i would could see the pacific ocean also no wait my favorite i do have a favorite it's uh in gunma prefecture oh my god what is that what is that park hang on i gotta think of the name of it Ose. That's the name of it. Ose Park. Okay. It's a really nice hiking and mountain and it's just it's gorgeous and camping. Um we went and camped there a few years ago. That that is my favorite. But I do love the Pacific Ocean side. I liked climbing Mount Takao, who's really nice. The mountains of Hiroshima, like the mountainside area is lovely. Oh, I think there's some other places, but those are the ones that off the top of my head. How about you? My favorite nature place. I think for me it was the, I mentioned it in the last episode, when I went hiking with Tessa to uh, Mount Dewa. The oh, whole yeah. 
trekking through the mountain from the from the pagoda at the bottom to the four temples at the top it was like one of the best places i've been in japan it was super nice super picturesque and yeah would recommend it to anyone but that has reminded me we were actually going to start this episode <laughs> by finishing off the cliffhanger from the last episode oh my god key sites, key sites to visit in japan so as so we, we're, we've talked about our favorite naturey places what else is good in japan for people to visit so we, we basically made everyone listen to the whole episode to get to the cliffhanger this sounds like we're writing a series <laughs> that's that's how we do on the japan archives so key spots to visit i haven't been to this one or done it but shikoku is supposed to be the best place to go if you love cycling yes if you're a cyclist and want lovely views and scenes and places to visit bring a bike rent a bike go to shikoku cycle around the island to your heart's content rent just rent the bike they have some really nice rental bike places that there's the yeah shimanami kaido it's gorgeous we haven't ridden on it yet but we have gone um on some of those bridges over to shikoku from here and you can start like from from the um, okoyama side and i think also in hiroshima onomichi which is a really cool city but there are really nice places that cater to bicyclists for like staying like hostels and things and there's also ferries so if you get tired of cycling you can take the ferry back is bicyclists a word it is today <laughs> you said it and i was sat there like is that a word it is now okay <laughs> cyclists oh my god i didn't even catch that i was like oh you know the, the bicyclist <laughs> when when the decaf coffee has run out <laughs> It's gone Running now. Running fumes again. <laughs> uh, I thought of another. I thought of another one. Now this is kind of a place. Like if you went to this city, you would definitely go to it. But I want to mention it anyway. Last time my parents came, we went all the way to Nagasaki, mm. and the museum there for the Christians that were crucified. That museum is amazing. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed that museum. Really good. Uh, we will do an episode on them eventually. Mm. In fact, there there was a very very sad, like display. It was like a list of every of the twelve martyrs that were crucified. It like gave their name, their age, what they did in life, and then sometimes it gave a description of like what they were doing whilst they were being crucified. Really sad, but that is for that specific episode we will cover for them. But Nagasaki definitely worth a visit. It's obviously one of the old ports where the Dutch. Dutch? Dutch. Portuguese? Dutch. Dutch. Portuguese. One of those. Portuguese. Yeah. We should know. We, just... we talked about Yasuke. <laughs> no. Oh. But I think there was Dutch as well, too. Because I think there was, wasn't there a couple of countries that were still doing some trade with Japan during that time period? I think it was both. That's why I'm thinking both. But they still have like the old district there, like recreated in Nagasaki as well. You can go visit and see what it looked like back then. Nagasaki is good. There's only a few things to do. It has its Christian history. Like it's good for a day or two. Wouldn't wouldn't stay there any longer. Unlike Tokyo and Kyoto, there's a lot more to do. But definitely worth going to visit outside of Nagasaki, which we didn't get a chance to do. A lot of cool mm -hmm. places to go and see and visit. Oh, Hakodate. Oh, 
really yeah. good. You can you can go up to the. They have a really big lake. You can get on a boat, go across the lake, really scenic views, and then you can go up to the top of one of the mountains, and it's a big sulfur spring. Really Ooh. interesting to go to. Really stinky. We're really good and interesting to go and see. And around there as well, again, they have a lot of scenic walks you can go to. You haven't been to Mount Fuji, right? I have been. I have not been up it. Okay. I have yeah. been when I had my car uh, and my friends Maisie and Paul came to visit. We know oh, yeah. Nidder and Natasha, Paul and I think all of them, all four, when they came on different occasions we drove over a lot of interesting stuff to see around there there's obviously it's not nokogiriyama the, the that's suicide chiba. the that's chiba um the suicide forest very creepy and eerie oh mm. but there's a lot of interesting caves and things you can go visit there's a really cool bat cave oh you can go down and visit there's a really interesting ice cave that you can go into and see a lot of lakes lot of lakes that you can go around there and visit as well but you mm, where have you been to fuji no i've just passed by on the shinkansen that was that was on the that was on the list to do before everything kind of happened maybe soon maybe eventually you will go oh yeah it's 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 on that list also the um japan like the northern alps which the professor has been to and I really want to go. It's I've seen pictures from from when he went and it's gorgeous. Really mm. nice mountain mountain um hiking. Oh, and places to visit if you enjoy skiing. Oh. Iwate is really good for skiing. Go to Iwate. Go to Apikogan. The skiing there is very good. My uncle has an Airbnb there if you need one. White Rose <laughs> Inn. There you go. <laughs> A bit Yay. of advertising there. You can Not sponsored. find them online. Not sponsored at all. No. <laughs> um, but yeah. If you want to go skiing, I would recommend that area. The skiing is really good, and I know that place well from my first year in Japan. I feel like there's... So if you wanted to visit a city in Japan, uh, this, I know this, is, this is not on here, but I think it kind of goes along with the sites to visit. But if you had to choose, you only had like a week in Japan, and you wanted to go to... I know, this is, this is sad. But if you wanted to go to a city, would you recommend to go to Tokyo or Kyoto? So if you... You probably wouldn't want to split a week between those two. You'd probably want to sp spend the whole week in one or the other. Which would you recommend? Hmm. I feel if I knew Tokyo better, I would probably have... I, if I knew Tokyo better, I would probably choose Tokyo. But even though I live here, I feel that I know Kyoto more. I know where all the good shopping is. I know where all the good temples are. So I would choose Kyoto purely because... Tokyo and Kyoto, you can still go see temples. Kyoto, Tokyo, you can still both go visit a castle. Kyoto, Tokyo, they both have museums. But Kyoto has the extra element of the old traditional stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. Which is more on show and easily accessible. In Tokyo, mm. it will be here. I just don't know where it is. But then again, Tokyo has Jimbocho, if you want to buy all the mm. old ukiyo-e prints. Whereas... Oh, now I don't know. Because Jimbocho is amazing. Yes. When I went when I went with my friend Eiji, we went to what, like five or six different ukiyo-e shops and the amount of stuff they have, which is all original artwork that you can just buy, is 
crazy. That will be on my list when I go back. When I went with him, there was a lot. I found several different print series, which were the 100 poems, one point each. Ah, oh, yes. So you could get like the different people with the poem on it and like a background inspired by the poem. Those were amazing, but it was before I got my job, so I couldn't buy them, and I haven't <laughs> had a chance to go back since. But I, d uh, I don't know which one I would pick. Kyoto, maybe because it's smaller and you can do more in a day because everything is closer. Tokyo is bigger and more spread out, mm, so you couldn't necessarily good. you couldn't necessarily do as much in a day in Tokyo as you could in Kyoto. That's a good argument. I like that.、Mm. Same question for you. Oh no! I was just gonna... <laughs> I'm going to base it on personality. If you are someone who likes to be more active and you want to do lots and lots of things, stick to Tokyo. If you're a person who wants to go, you know, a little slower, more deliberate, and like you said, more historical than Kyoto, I'd probably. I feel like Tokyo is is such a is a, is a large city, and you know, sometimes you could almost feel like you're not. Almost like not in Japan, just because you go to like a, a really nice shopping district, it doesn't, you know, it, it feels like you could be in almost any city. So if you want to feel like, oh yes, I have been in Japan and I feel it historical, then Kyoto is probably more where you want to end up, unless you research in Tokyo places where you can go, where you still feel that kind of historical feeling. I also like your answer. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> I think the first time I visited Japan, I did both. Yeah, I felt like if you can spend two weeks and do both, and hit hit Osaka to eat, which that's my recommendation.、Uh, Osaka for food, definitely, but not for sightseeing.、Mm, not except for the that famous one where you see like the Glicka poster or the Glicka animation. That that area, that shopping center. Go see that, and then eat, and then. Go back to Kyoto. Because <laughs> the good thing about Osaka, Kyoto, and even Nara is, they're like half an hour between each other、mm. on the trains. So you could go to Osaka for the one day, experience the food, the thing you just said that I've never heard of before, and then just head back. Same with Nara. You could go from Kyoto, like for a day. If you don't finish, you go back the next day. Like Kyoto is a great base of operation for that entire area. Like you can go to Lake Biwa, you can go to Osaka, you can go to Nara, you can go to other places close by. It's a good, good base of operations if you're having an extended time. Like you could probably stay in Kyoto for two or three weeks, do Kyoto for a week, and then have those two weeks using it to just go on the train and visit other places. But I think the, the answer at the end of the day, both of them are great to go. I think if you pick one over the other, you're not going to be disappointed at all. No, not at all.、Mm -mm. One quick question, then super quick to round、okay. off about Japan. Do they really have anime-themed restaurants, Heather? I know there was a Gudetama Cafe that I really, really、mm. wanted to go to, and I think there's some other ones, but I think you might be able to answer this one better. From what I found, there seems to be there are permanent ones, but there's not that many. And some have recently closed, like Sailor Moon Restaurant. I've just found has recently closed, unfortunately.、Aww. There are other ones that still are around that are permanent. The Gundam Cafe, definitely Pokemon cafes are a thing here in Japan. Oh yes. But I feel that the other animes they kind of are on rotation. 
Like right now, there's a haiku and a Jujutsu Kaisen themed ca- coffee shops. Because um, Jujutsu Kaisen right now is a super popular new anime that the kids love. So there has a cafe. When I first came to Japan, there was other anime ones around. And it isn't just anime. I remember there was once a Jurassic Park pop-up cafe. For a oh. week and then that and then that went away but as well there are more not necessarily anime there's also like game themed cafes like you can go to the final fantasy cafe as well if you want and things or if you're if you like to play a lot of square enix games they have a square enix store near their headquarters which also has a cafe which has a lot of themed food and drinks for like different games they have which i used to go to quite a lot so it's definitely a thing, but there's not that many permanent ones. So if you're looking for a specific one, they may come around eventually now and then, but they're not going to be permanent. It's going to be a timed mm-hmm. event, a month maximum yeah, before it goes away again. Or maybe it doesn't go away, but it moves to another city, at least. Like it's on tour <gasps> around Japan. Oh, yeah, that's right. They do move. Mm. Oh, yeah, I forgot. But yeah, that's the final question for today again. We've like over an hour again of chatting which has been super fun i'm glad we've done a part two of this um but this begs the question heather what are we doing next week oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh did we talk about this i swear did we talk about this no oh i thought we did maybe i slept about it maybe we did no we did and you wrote it down and then what do we do with it? I think it's in the other room. I'll have to go and look. Yeah, I also wrote our, our plan down somewhere. So don't worry, guys. We do have a plan. We just have to find where we wrote it down. <laughs> but I hope you've been enjoying this episode and the last episode as well. We definitely have enjoyed being like having a more relaxed discussion type of thing. It's been super fun. But until next week, guys... Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Oh, Heather, we've hit 20,000 plays for our show. (gasps) What a lovely note to end that on. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked as (laughs) usual. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, guys. We will talk to you next time with another interesting new topic, I hope, for you. Anything else from you, Heather, today? I don't believe so. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks again, guys. Uh, Matane. 皆さん気をつけてまたね。<音楽><音楽>